0: Kim, I really need help finding a man. I've been single for most of my life. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. So we start out by doing a wing gal session, as I often do. And I told her to meet me at this lounge where we were going to practice meeting men. So I'm sitting and waiting for her. And in walks this beautifully exotic woman, dressed to the nine, subtly sexy. She has a pleasant smile on her face. And... I mean drop-dead gorgeous, right? Like, you know the kind that literally turned heads as she was walking into the room. Now, here I am, perplexed because her first impression is an A+. And even I was starting to wonder how I was going to help her. And I confess, that rarely happens to me. So, here's the thing. We hadn't talked yet. So, then we're, we're talking and I start noticing something. It was her voice. And I thought at first, like she was just being more reserved and quiet because we were talking about her history in private. But then I see her interacting with the men. And that's really when I saw her voice or lack thereof was getting in her way. And she is what Seinfeld referenced as the low talker. Now she would not only talk in a really soft voice, but would say very little. So There was almost this discomfort felt when it was her time to talk. And I could see the men just kind of straining to hear her. And then quickly, they would just become disinterested. And so she really needed to work on her voice. It was so clear because she came across as anxious, low confident, and not interested. Then woman number two I was working with who I was doing phone coaching with. Now, her tonality was okay i mean she had she had a good voice, but there was this like weirdness. it was almost like crickets on the other line. I would say something, and then there would be this long pause, and then she would say something, but it was just in reference of what she wanted to ask, not necessarily what I was saying, and so I had to finally stop our initial conversation because. I was having such a hard time knowing how she felt about our discussion to the point where I almost thought maybe she wasn't hearing me. And I said, okay, look, I have to tell you something. Every time I say something, there's this odd lull on the other line. So what are you feeling? And she nervously chuckled and responded, oh, I'm just thinking about what you're saying. I'm just processing it all. And I don't want to interrupt you. And I told her that she needed to use vocals and fillers to let a speaker know that you acknowledge them. And then that's when she admitted that conversations were actually hard for her. And she often felt misunderstood and that no one really talked to her when she was out socializing. So part of the problem or this oddness had to do with her voice being almost staccato rather than melodic. And so I had her practice sounds of acknowledgement like, um, I see, or, oh, that's great. Or, ah, you know, just to make some reference that she was listening. And it made a huge difference in the way that she would socialize. Okay. Then there is woman number three. There was a client whose voice was shut down, but for a different reason at a very young age, because she, you know, she didn't express herself because she was labeled the drama queen. And she was actually punished for being so loud. Her mom would say to her, stop being so loud. And so she learned to shut her voice off, literally and figuratively, and not express her feelings or thoughts. And as an adult, she became what I call over-caregiver and focused on other people's needs over her own. And guess what that attracted? You hear me talk about this all the time. Narcissists, lopsided relationships, those who took advantage of her that way. So we worked on building her feeling, vocabulary, speaking tools so that she could find her voice when she felt something. So as you can hear in all of these scenarios with my clients, not using your voice can manifest itself in different ways. Finding and owning your voice is such a huge part of interaction and attraction. I've had I can't even tell you how many clients and friends actually dump their dates or not go out with them simply because they can't stand their voice. So actually, sex appeal also is in your voice. Your your voice is the main means of communicating the content of your message and conveying your confidence. In fact, your voice... The tonality, the pacing, the type of emotion you communicate, and the emphasis you put on certain words are part of body language. The unspoken element of communication that we use to reveal our true feelings and emotions. So the way you say something has a huge impact on how others view you and in turn, how they treat you. So besides the work I do with clients, I'm going to divulge something today because I now have a secret weapon He happens to be my neighbor these days to help my clients find their voice, literally. So I'm about to share him with you. He is the CEO of Global Voice Acting Academy. He's also a casting director for games and game apps. You will be amazed at... What voices he he does, and a private voiceover coach with over twenty-five years of experience in the industry. He's voiced thousands of commercials, video games, and corporate narrations, while at the same time helping many people get their start, build confidence, and further their careers in the voiceover business. Welcome. David Rosenthal. Hi. Hey.
1: Howdy, neighbor.
0: Howdy, neighbor. I had to come so far to do this podcast upstairs. Walked all the way upstairs, yeah. I know. And it's been so fun getting to know you as a neighbor, and I didn't even know that you had done this until, quite honestly, I was sitting talking to a client, and I heard these weird voices. (laughs) I'm like, what is going on? What are these voices? Yeah. Are they in my head? Are they real? <laughs>
1: are they upstairs coming from that room? What's going on? And lo
0: and behold, they were. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so this is you and this is what you do. And I'm just so thrilled that we've kind of now worked together on some of my clients. You
1: bet. It's been really exciting. It's been very heartwarming. Um, I think that you and I know that we come from the same place of nurturing, of empowering um, that's what we're here for. And so on a very basic level, I think we clicked right away in that sense.
0: I know. Totally. Well, I, and this is actually one thing that I never asked you, I asked you some bits and pieces about it, but how did you get into all of this? Like what prompted you to be passionate about voiceover work?
1: You know, one of the things that I am really, really fortunate about is that both of my parents, uh, And always encouraged me to speak up, uh, to have a voice, to uh, voice my opinions, my ideas. Uh, It was a very nurturing environment. I also happened to be really funny. (laughs) And so I would get, I could wrap them around my finger. They'd say, it's time for bed. And I would just do silly stuff and, you know, turn into a character and have them in stitches. And I realized this was a way that I could also you know, get what I wanted. (laughs)
0: Ah, So it was like your tool.
1: It was, you know, I mean, I don't know if it was conscious or not, but it was so enjoyable and I loved making my parents laugh. Um, And I found that there was a, a, that, that laughter, that kind of playfulness was a place of real communion, not just with my parents and my family, but with the world at large as a kid, it was my, the world was applauding me when I was playing and it was wanting to play with me. And I got that. I understood it on such a basic level uh, that I tried doing that whenever possible. And I think, uh, and so I ended up doing uh, uh, on-camera work, stage work, voiceover work, uh, first in New York, and then for many, many, many years in San Francisco Bay Area, and then finally here in Los Angeles. Um, But what I also realized in my journey is that many people, including myself at some point, I would say almost a hundred percent of us at some point, get that wonderful natural voice that we have that playful voice that we have in the world, uh, slapped out of us big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's because, you know, a, a father, mother figure, whoever says, shut up, stop that. That's stupid. Um, you know, the whole culture of, uh, you know, be seen and not heard. Uh, it, you know, when you are uh, at a young age, you're so impressionable. And so, and you also want the, people's love. You want their acknowledgement. And when that happens and when that, you know, when that, when that happens, it's great. But when you do something that somehow they term as transgressive or in some way, you uh, overstepping your bounds um, all of a sudden you're in a place where a little voice in in you says don't do that again Mm -hmm. and the problem is when somebody wants to take away that voice usually it's people who are really insecure who don't have their own and don't have the spirit the energy uh, the support themselves to find their own voice, and so they go around trying to take away others.
0: Oh my God, it's so weird that you said that because literally, I was on the phone with a client yesterday who had, you know, she was telling me about her history and that's exactly what happened is that, you know, her mom had a very horrible upbringing. She didn't have the tools. And so she was one of those clients where she said, yeah, my mom said, you know, stop laughing. Why are you being so loud? What are you doing? And shut her voice down. And I said to her, to your point, I said, I want you to know that that's not yours.
1: That's your mom's.
0: And so what I want you to do is we're going to put it in a box. We're going to put a little bow on it and we're going to lovingly give it back to her because that's not yours to take on. You know, that was passed on. It's like passing the baton on, you know, to, and, and she just kind of like, it was almost froze on the other line. I didn't hear her. What And she's like, oh my God, you're right, Kim. I've been carrying this baton, you know, just thinking, and I didn't realize how it was manifesting itself and showing up. So I love that you said that.
1: And I actually also, um, the good news is that I think for everyone, if they have the wherewithal, if they haven't been hurt to the point of shutting themselves down completely, uh, so as not to get hurt, um, I happen to think that getting hurt is the only way we truly learn and mm-hmm. and learn to love and have compassion uh, is moving through that pain, not trying to always push it away. But the the good news is that there are a lot of people here out in the world who want to find their voice, want to find their true voice. Not and and, and this is the hero's journey. The hero's journey is to find your voice again on a conscious level one where the journey is is conscious is is uh methodical and strategic uh one that is purposeful and then when you get that voice back it becomes inviolable nobody can take it away from you anymore i think that the problem is is that when it's taken away originally is because we just have this wonderful unconscious symbiotic relationship with everything around around us as kids we see the world as us and, the, and us as the world until all of a sudden we're get separated from that. So the hero's journey is to f- find that reconnection through play, through joy um, a- and reclaim what is yours.
0: I love that because it's really empowering as well to think about just because somebody told you don't speak doesn't mean that you have to do that, that you can take it into your own hands and do something. But I can hear a lot of people saying, well, yeah, that, that sounds great, but you had a great upbringing. You, you had your voice, you you were encouraged to do that. So how do you work with people who, you know, find this daunting because they want to do it? Are there like actual tips and exercises that you give clients?
1: Oh yeah. And actually those, those, uh, Exercises would be different for different people depending on. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, It's not always, it's not like one size fits all or anything. Um, I did have my voice slapped out of me. It just didn't happen until I was 22 or 3. Oh,
0: you didn't say that. See, we're all thinking you had like Disneyland.
1: (laughs) No, and I did growing up. I mean, it's kind of late. It was kind of late for it to happen. But for me, um, it happened once I had graduated college and went into New York as an actor and got slapped around there. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I was way it. too trusting. I was way t- and, and just got, you know, whiplashed by a lot of um, demeaning people. Um, and because I was so open and ready to play with these people, I didn't realize that they had uh, an ulterior motive to everything. And it was like, how can can you make me money? And if not, I don't want, you know, your scum.
0: Mm. speaking
1: about that word, these things. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was an ultimate diss, right? So I was not ready for that. And, and so I had to climb back myself. I think I did it in record time um, because I, I realized what, what I needed to do.
0: And so what did you do?
1: Um, I did a number of things. Uh, I actually uh, took a hiatus from the very thing I loved, which was acting for a while. Um, I felt that I needed to find my voice, not attached to the thing that myself that I had uh, that I had attached my self worth to. So by stepping away from it, I found my voice in a much larger world. The people who I had given power to within that acting framework no longer had sway over me, and so I was able to find that voice outside of the parameters of a very small framework. From which i had given away my power
0: you know what comes to my mind i don't know if i'm saying it right but it's almost like you had to take away the the character the outer voice and pull in and find your inner voice
1: so good so true yeah yeah Yeah. and ultimately it is the inner voice that you are going to uh claim again as your own uh the inner becomes the outer um through strength. At first, that inner voice is vulnerable because, oh my God, is this going to happen again to me if I, right? But the more you do it on a regular basis and you do it unabashedly and unapologetically, the more that vulnerability becomes a strength. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh my God, this is my voice and and it needs to be heard in the world. And all of a sudden you're off to the races in in many different ways. Um, And it takes time and it takes a belief that you I mean, I tell everybody, your voice is needed in the world. You would not be here otherwise. The fact that you are here on this earth at this time means that your voice is needed. How you're going to communicate that, how you're going to celebrate that and manifest that is your journey.
0: So once you have that belief and you pull inward and you kind of find that within, then what are some exercises like people can do to them project outward?
1: Right. Well, one of the first and it's a it's a ridiculous exercise that I give everybody simply because it takes them out of themselves. It puts them into a world of what the heck am I doing Uh, is I have people look in the mirror, talk to themselves while smiling for as long as they can. Um, I, not only look in the mirror and talk, but use their body. You have to understand that that nonverbal communication is about varies between seventy and ninety percent of all human communication is nonverbal. For you to leave anything on the table at that point is ridiculous. Your body, and you know, animates your spirit and your spirit animates your body. The two are in cahoots with each other. And if you leave either one, the other one can't flourish. So your, your inner voice is going to come from an ancient awareness inside your body. Your body is the seed of all emotion. It is the seed of truth. We listen to our brain far too much. Um, it, it wants to calculate. It wants to Uh, compartmentalize it wants to pat you on the back and it wants a black and a white and it wants a yes or a no your body actually is able to take that that spiritual message that honest message and bring up this beautiful voice uh, if you give it the time to do that so I have people smile I have people smile while they're talking and using their bodies and expressing themselves with their hands and their arms you know
0: Wait, now I have a question. Do you have them do a character of some sort or like embody something that they they want to be? Like a
1: everyone's a squirrel. No, that's not <laughs> true. That's not true. <laughs> Ready to go. Yeah. Wait, channel what? that inner squirrel babe. <laughs>
0: squirrel sort of voices though. <laughs> How does that
1: work? Oh, they do. When they're angry or when they're upset. Oh, that's right. oh yeah, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> There. See, that's your inner squirrel. Anyway. Yeah, I'm
0: going to um, practice that in front of the mirror now. <laughs> it's perfect. Right. Okay. I like this. So but, I, go ahead. No, I
1: don't yeah. use character. Okay. I, okay. I, what I do is I have them get used to their own their own voice again, talking with a smile on their face. A smile is extremely oh, yeah. disarming yeah. Yeah. to all the that, you know, that armor that we put up.
0: Yes. Well, and I will add something, ladies out there listening and gents, that when you're looking in the mirror and smiling and using your voice, also notice your body. Notice what you're wearing, what you love about your body, what you embrace, because that all goes with the nonverbal confidence that you're talking about. So, okay, I like that exercise. What What else can people do? Um,
1: well, there's, uh, this is, too much to get into uh, at length right here, but there's a whole bunch of breathing and vocal exercises that I usually do when I'm working with a client that literally opens up their relationship to the world. Um, if most people, when they're breathing, they breathe really shallow, right? Just yeah. enough, to, just enough to survive, like this. <sighs> Right?
0: It sounds like, yeah, you're at the end of life when yeah, you're doing that.
1: Right. And it's very protective in the sense that you want to hold on desperately to something and not release it, not be out of control. And the thing we all have this need or this desire, this want to be in control. Why it's, it's fear-based. It's not love-based. Love-based goes out and understands that there's a whole different bargain out there. There's a whole different relationship out there, which need, which needs a playfulness to happen. And when you're really playing, you loosen some of that, that um, intellectual control, that ego control because you're in a, sen- uh, in a very real sense being spontaneous. The brain is not spontaneous. The brain takes things once removed, makes decisions based on that, and then goes out. But play is, where spon- is, is spontaneous. Spontaneity is where play happens. And I will give you a, a secret here. And this is really important to finding your voice. Most people lose their voice because they're scared of judgment. They're scared of how other people uh, yeah. are thinking about them, what other people, how people are judging their voice, their demeanor. You have to understand that the I, I firmly believe that your voice, your true voice, is the audio version of your soul. So when you're talking, you're talking your soul, and you are scared that people are judging the very depth of the essence of your being in doing that. And if you get to a place of play, and I don't mean play like an adult, gross. I mean, play as a kid, which is incredibly, uh, has so much energy. It has so much spirit. um, And it is so spontaneous. If you can get to that place, you are free.
0: Okay. Can we do something really spontaneous? Yeah. So what's, what's a, a playful vocal activity that, that I could do right now. I'm going to practice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're going to practice. On no, come on, gonna... This
0: is the best way for people to, because I mean, here we are, we have a microphone. We're using our voice, right?
1: There are three. Um, okay. Yeah. So when I work, um, I do a lot of uh, uh, character work because I, have been fortunate enough to do a lot of video game work and cartoon work. Um, okay, wait, FYI,
0: I, you know I'm going to make you do a character at the end of the show because I know sure. people are dying. Sure.
1: Right okay. Anyway. Okay, so there are three variables. There's moving from loud to soft, moving from high to low in your voice, pitch, mm-hmm. right? Volume, pitch, and pacing. Okay, this is something that when we are truly in the moment, right? And just enjoying our conversations with other people. We do it completely naturally, right?
0: Some, but some don't.
1: Right. And well, that's the whole thing. They're being protective.
0: Yes. Right. But
1: if you're just out there in the moment and you're in your most safe environment and you feel really comfortable, you know that, that environment where you're with a best friend or maybe a family member that you love, there's unconditional love surrounding your relationship with them you can be, oh, that's just silly Kim doing her thing. Right. And it's fine because Mm -hmm. you're free to be that. Um, I want you to get to a place. I want everyone to get to a place where they are free enough from judgment, enjoying themselves so much and enjoying that playful spirit in which they go out and meet other people that they don't care, that they're not, that they are full, fully in, you know, with their full voice celebrating everything around them. So um, we're going to talk. And as we talk. Okay. All right. So I want you to tell me what you had for breakfast today. And I want you to just mess around with pacing, pitch and volume.
0: Hmm. So it
1: sounds ridiculous. It doesn't have to sound right.
0: Okay. Okay. So you want me to do it like almost like in, in a really big way. I want kind you of thing, to or with, I want you to mess with, I want you to go
1: from high to low, from fast to slow, not caring what's going on, just having a ball.
0: Okay. So I dropped off my son and then I rushed back home and then I was so hungry. I didn't know what I was going to do because I had all these things coming up. So I'd look in the, in the cupboard and I'm like, Oh shoot, because my cereal that I normally have, I was out. And so I said, what am I going to have? And then I saw, I saw just in the back, I still had a little bit of Cheerios left. So I grabbed that bag. (laughs) And I poured it into the bowl and I added strawberries.
1: Ah, cool. So I love how you suddenly realized, I think some part of you said, oh, I'm just being fast. Mm -hmm. And And then all of a sudden you said, no, I can have more fun with this. Right. So, you know.
0: Did I do good?
1: Oh yeah, no, that's
0: I, <laughs> I'm so, waiting for your approval. See, there you go. You don't
1: need it. You know, yeah. you got your own approval. You had a good time. And that's I did. Your, that was see, fun. and that's your own approval, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, for me, I had oatmeal. I had oatmeal <laughs> for breakfast. I was really amazing because with my uh my small Americano, it was just what the doctor ordered. I mean, there was uh there was this taste sensation. I didn't know whether to go from the oat meal to the coffee or from the coffee to the oatmeal and so i decided to slurp and spoon and slurp and spoon all at the same time made a tremendous mess never invited back to that same uh, restaurant but it's okay anyway sorry
0: Uh, oh my god you should do voiceover work i will i
1: will thank you
0: (laughs) oh my god isn't he good yeah no those so and you know what I love about that? And I'm even feeling it in the room with you now is that there, it, there's so many barriers that get broken down when you're in your play. You know, um, I just did a podcast on, you know, letting go of things that are in your head because so many people are in their head. And so when you do playful things like that, you almost forget what's in your head. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about it because it, it, it makes you more present with people and you can have so much more fun. And guess what? That helps create attraction.
1: Hell yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah. So
1: I have a question. Can I get a hallelujah? Yeah.
0: Hallelujah. Can I get hallelujah. an amen, yeah.
1: brother and sisters. <laughs> just... We are having fun now. Okay.
0: Sorry. <laughs> oh, but we digress. Okay. So, um, I have a, I, do you have like, okay. If there, I don't know if you ever had like a really challenging case that you had with somebody who had. Oh yeah. um, Yeah. I'd love to hear it. And like, how did you help them overcome that?
1: Well, this was a case where I haven't overcome it because Mm -hmm. she didn't want to. Um, Um, there are people who literally define themselves in the world, uh, through their pain. Yeah. And, and because in some way, it gets the attention they need at that time or whatever, that they are not willing to give that up. Um, I was working with someone who had a, uh, a, a lot of self, uh, she had a, a lot of problems with self-worth. Mm-hmm. And as a result, she was constantly putting herself, like when we would work on voiceover, she would constantly put herself down. I mean, before anybody had a chance, she would, Mm. right? And I, we worked and worked and got to a place where she was laughing. She was just like vibrant, vivacious, her, her, in terms of being attractive for someone who didn't see herself as being attractive, just through her voice alone. I was just like, Oh my God, I'm entranced with this woman. She's She's attractive. She's funny. Um, And we got to this place where we said, all right. And it was, and you have to understand this was, you know, she did this with me in in private sessions and felt stronger and stronger. And I said, okay, we're going to do this now. We're going to go out and make a demo and you're going to do this. And she called up and she said, David, I can't, I lost my voice. I can't do this. And I I said, "Oh, well, why don't you I want you to go to a doctor and I want you to um see what's going on and we you know, we'll get this fixed and we'll get on our way." And she kept she kept saying, "Well, I just it it feels like it's something worse." Um the doctor had uh, when she finally went to see the doctor, uh the doctor said, "I don't know, I've never seen this before, but it looks like um you know, th- that it's extremely, uh, red and irritated. Mm. And I, I, I swear, uh, that her body created this and it was a way for an out for her not to have to go out there now and do it in the world. She got to a place where it was, where she was free and okay to do it within our sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and to this day, she just said, I'm just really sorry, but you know, um, uh, I just, I need to take care of my voice and it's not this way. And wow. right. So wow. I have had, you know, those are rare the rare occasions. Most people, when they find their voice, they're so giddy mm-hmm. and so happy that they finally have found it. But I truly believe that in her situation, and I won't get into it with her husband, et cetera, that this was the answer that would be the path of least resistance that would allow the relationship to keep on going. I think that, in finding her voice, she was telling me how she was really uncomfortable with her husband and not in a loving relationship, Um, but he was the provider, he was everything. And I think it was easier for her to stay in a broken relationship where she was getting taken care of, but also meant that her voice didn't matter as much.
0: Yeah, and I think what that story alludes to is kind of like how I started with is that there's so much tie-in to your voice and your emotional health almost and the way that you express yourself and, and how you think of yourself. And, um, it sounds like she got caught in the loop of the victim mentality and, and she was not in a conscious sense comfortable with it but she was comfortable with it cuz that's all she knew right and so you know and, and this relates to everything actually we talk about on the podcast that's why it's really fascinating to hear how the voice you know ties into it all i i love what you said in the beginning cuz it actually kind of brings us full circle yeah. i think you said the world is playing with me when you were you know thinking of that and and growing up i love that because that's so not the victim mentality. That's, you know, looking at the world as even in bad situations, well, it's the world playing with me. And so what can I do to make it better or learn from it? And I I think it relates to everything that we're talking about and finding your voice and and, and empowerment and confidence.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, you really kind of hit the, hit the nail on the head there. It's, um, you're either going to be afraid of the world or you're going to play with it. Okay. And you have to decide what that is for you in your own life. Um, Almost everything that we do, we either do out of love or we do it out of fear. And uh, when we're coming into a relationship, when we are trying to find our own, you know, inner charisma, our attractiveness, We're going to come up against every fear that has been thrown at us. Am I good enough? Am I going to be a success? Am I going to be a failure? Have I come too late to the party? What will people think of me if this happens or this happens? And we get caught in this downward spiral of fear that really affects everything we do to the point where we breathe very shallowly because we're protecting ourselves from allowing too much of the world to come in. We don't speak loudly into the world because that's vulnerable. It's putting too much of ourselves out into the world, um, and we create a fear-based relationship with the world. And so, for people who are feel unattractive, they can't use their voice and everything. That they are living their lives day to day by fear. And I, you know, if you if you pose that to people, they will go, "Well, I don't want that."
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I don't want to spend this whole life making decisions out of fear. I mean, just think about that, everybody who's listening right now. I, I, I can't tell you how important it is to make a decision at whatever point you are in your life that you're going to approach it through love, that you're going to approach the decisions you make through love. Your voice will become strong. Your attractiveness will become strong because guess what? People who aren't that comfortable are going to see you as a light, as a light for them, as as an okay, as a permission to them to do the same thing. But you have to be out there on the front. You have to decide to make that choice, which is not easy. And it takes time. And it's always nice to have a guide like Kim here, you know, to to help you on your way.
0: And a coach like you to help people find... Your voice, because that is, I mean, what I love about what you do, and that was such beautiful, like parting words of wisdom, if you will, because what you do actually can offer people tangible things that they can feel and see not everything that we work on, we, we can see. Right. And so that's something that, you know, I think people can do right away. So yeah, or hire us both because we're a dream team. I'm just saying. <laughs> ah, <careful. laughs> anyway, how can people find you?
1: Um, I'm upstairs from Kim. sorry. That guy upstairs. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you'd like to talk more with me, uh, you can, uh, my email is David Rosenthal T-H-A-L, David Rosenthal, 2057 at gmail.com. Uh, I'm happy to have a 15-minute uh, consul- consultation with you just to talk about what your particular uh, desires are uh, in terms of working on your, finding your true voice and how to do that. Some people just are all of a sudden excited about voiceover and they want to do that, and other people are just wanting to find their voice in relationships or in life or in the world. Um, so I'm happy to do that. Um, please email me if you want and we'll set up a, uh, a nice little consultation. And your consultation. website is? Uh, my website is globalvoiceacademy.com and you can find that uh, a free consultation there as well.
0: Awesome. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much. This was great. This has been the Charisma Quotient, of course, and I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, seltzerstyle.com. And if you want help finding your voice and stepping into a more confident you, sign up for a free breakthrough call with me as well by following the link in the show description so you can you know, find out how you can find your voice. And I will definitely let uh, David know here you're wanting help with him as well. And stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day.